Jesus was not too busy to pray. And that is today's Morning Moxie. Welcome to the Morning Moxie show. I am your host, Alicia Sharp. And today we have Jensen Franklin on the show. And he's talking to us about prayer and how five there's five different points that he pulls from Jesus's life on how to pray and this is a three-part message and today we're going to listen to the first part of this message here's Jensen today I have a very simple message and I want to talk to you about the five key essentials that we can learn from Jesus personal prayer life five essentials from the prayer life of Jesus Christ that teach you and I how to pray. You see, the first key essential to prayer is found in verse 35. Now in the morning, having risen a long time, the King James says a long time, a long while. Either way, it's dealing with time. He rose up early and he prayed. The first key essential about the prayer life of Jesus is Jesus had a time to pray. He had a time to pray. He set aside time to pray to commune and fellowship with the Father. Nothing separated Jesus from his prayer time. He was not too busy to pray. He was not too successful to pray. He was not too active to pray. He was not too busy doing things like healing the sick and casting out devils to pray. But he understood, I need a time of prayer. He understood that if I don't make any deposit in the bank of prayer, I can't write checks all day long as I'm healing people or the checks will bounce if there's nothing in the bank. Our problem is we write checks, but we don't make any deposits into the prayer bank. But Jesus had a time. Everybody say he had a time. He had a specific time to pray. It talks about that same time of prayer in Luke 5 and verse 16. Jesus oftentimes, there it is again, withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. Jesus' prayer life was not spasmatic. It was not on again, off again, on again, off again. It was regular. It was predictable. It was a specific time of prayer. Oftentimes he prayed morning after morning after morning after morning. So Jesus could stand before any king because he had knelt before the king of kings. Jesus could stand before any judge and not feel intimidated or afraid or any powerful person because he had first in private prayed and kneeled before the God of the universe. And Jesus, number one, had a time of prayer. The Bible records in Luke 9, 18, and this is what it says. And it happened as he was alone praying that the disciples joined him and asked him saying, who do the crowds say that I am? But notice he was alone praying. Can I ask you a question today? Do you have a time of prayer? If Jesus had a time of prayer and he was the son of God, don't you think 
You need a time of prayer. Isn't church more about coming and sitting and and going through another service? Isn't our relationship with Jesus supposed to be more than a weekend gathering? But really, when you want to grow and you want to come alive, you get a time of prayer. And nothing so changed my prayer life one day when the Lord spoke to me many, many years ago. And he said, I want you to see prayer like this because I, I hit a time when I was so busy with the church and it was growing so much and we had small children and just running here and there and everywhere that my prayer life began to, the, the, the flame began to, to, to fade out in prayer. I was praying, you know, but not in that place of prayer, that time of prayer. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, I want you to see me. I'm going to show up in this place and I wait for you to come and meet with me. You have an appointment with me. And if you don't come, you stand me up, but I'll be here. I'll be in this place. I call you to this place of prayer. Nothing changed me more about prayer than to understand he waits for me. He ha- I have an appointment with the God of universe in my time of prayer and he waits for me. He looks for me. A time to pray. A time alone with God. A time not to be interrupted. So easy to have emails and this and that and that phone and all of that. But this is where you put all of that aside and you say, this is our time. Jesus, number one, key essential from the prayer life of Jesus is he had a time to pray. Sometimes, secondly, not only did he have a time to pray, but notice in Mark chapter one, same verse, verse 35, he had a place to pray. He departed into a solitary place. Jesus had a place to pray. He often, when he was in Jerusalem, went into the garden of Gethsemane and among the olive trees, he would pray. And you read of it over and over and over in the scriptures. He withdrew himself. He went away and he prayed in the garden of Gethsemane. When he was at the Galilee or the Sea of Galilee, many times you read, he went into a field and prayed. He went up into a mountain at a boulder and he knelt and he prayed. He had place, a place of prayer. Do you have a place of prayer? I have a place of prayer that I've prayed many, many decades now. It's trails in the woods. I have trees that I have marked by by rocks and by knives that I've taken and scratched those trees and carved into those trees particular burdens or trials or situations with family. And I would mark those trees and say, God, I want this to be a memorial before you about this situation, about this child or that situation in the church or that need that I'm praying about. And I can walk through those trails as I did yesterday, as I do almost every day of my life. I can see those trees and I'm reminded God gave me a victory right there. I remember when it was a burden and it became a victory in the place a prayer. Hallelujah. The third thing that I want you to see about Jesus prayer life is number three. He prayed out loud. This is so important. Don't misunderstand. There are times when praying out loud would be inappropriate. Let's say you're at work and you're a computer uh, worker or something. You fix computers and, and you have a problem with a computer. You shouldn't drop down on your knees in the middle of a secular workplace and throw up your hands and ask God for wisdom and start pleading the blood over the computer. You, you, you don't do that. 
Sometimes when public prayer, open out loud prayers are inappropriate, but I want to say something big. There is never an inappropriate time to pray silently. Never. Anywhere, everywhere, you can pray silently. But with that said, there is a secret to the prayer life of Jesus. Matthew 26 and verse 39. And when he had gone a little further, he fell on his face. Listen to these words. And he prayed saying. It didn't say he prayed thinking. It didn't say he prayed meditating in his heart. It said he prayed saying. I don't think there's an accident that he said it. He didn't just think prayer, but he said it. And there's power in that. Jesus had a time of prayer. He had a place of prayer. He prayed out loud. I know the power of praying out loud. There's something that happens when a church learns to pray out loud. We're so politically correct in the church. We worry so much about what people think when we ought to just, Bible said it's better to please God than please men. And we need to learn how to pray. There's something about having a mom or a dad that prays out loud in a house. I can remember on Saturdays, uh, my dad was a preacher and we lived in a little parsonage in Rocky Mount and that home was so tiny for our big old family. And daddy had had to take a closet and he tore all the stuff out of the closet and made that closet his study. And here this family is of five kids The living room is right here where we all watch TV and we'd play basketball all day Saturday, come in and eat and clang dishes. And daddy would go in that little side closet that was right there. And I'd come in late sometimes after playing basketball all day long, around 11 o'clock. I'd want to watch Saturday Night Live. I couldn't wait. And and I'd, I'd hear daddy in that little side room. I'd see the little light on up under it. And I'd hear my daddy praying, oh God, oh God, touch us. Give us a mighty move of your spirit tomorrow. There's something about hearing the prayers of a mother, a father out loud. It's powerful. It really is. A time to pray, a place to pray praying out loud. That's why the disciples came and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Why? Because they heard him pray. They heard him praying out loud and they'd never heard anybody pray like Jesus prayed. And it so moved them that they said, teach us to pray. And that's when he taught them the Lord's prayer. But it was a response to them hearing him pray out loud. Does your family ever hear you pray out loud? Are you ashamed? We don't do it for people to see us. But I'm going to tell you, even in in your secret place, pray out loud because there's power in words. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. At the sound of the earnest prayer, Satan's host and his demons flee. God's angels wing their way from a far world. Spurgeon said to shut you in and beat back the forces of hell. I'm saying to you that when you pray, God will sanctify the place where you're praying and he will surround it with angels and demons cannot get in on that conversation when you use the name of Jesus. Just take a praise break right there. Oh, there's power in that name, power in that name. 
That was Jensen Franklin, and you can find that clip on YouTube if you search under Jensen Franklin, Make Up Your Mind to Pray. You can also find out more information about him at jensenfranklin.org. Hope you have an amazing day, and I will see you tomorrow.